0: Welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of Format Podcast. Got a pretty good show for you here today. Gonna have our guy, Ryan Langford, the Format Podcast official college football analyst, back to uh, talk week two, or I guess week three, and uh, wrap up week two of the uh, college football season. Gonna talk some Colorado, of course and uh, other big stories of the college football season. But before we get to that, you know what time it is. If you haven't already, please go ahead, click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell right here on your screen on YouTube. And if you want the audio-only version of the podcast, open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast, we should come right up. If you enjoy the content, please make sure you give us that five-star review and also leave a comment. All that stuff helps us rise in the algorithm, helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. Now let's get right to it. All right, everybody. Welcome back. And here we are for uh second time this college football season. My main man Ryan Langford, former uh Big Ten wide receiver at Illinois, Indianapolis Mm -hmm. Colt, and uh multiple teams in the Canadian Football League. What's going on, Ryan? Hey man, another
1: day above ground is a good day above ground.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hear that man. I hear that. Well let's get right to it man. Let's talk some college ball. So We're talking college football in 2023, you know where we got to start. And of course, that's out in Boulder with the Colorado Buffaloes, man. They are doing, they're doing incredible things. It's only two games in, but absolutely. If you just look at, I think the impact that Dion and and his team are having on college football, it is absolutely amazing. No one could have foreseen Mm -hmm. this happening this quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Of course, they're getting a ton of hype and all that's cool. And they are probably the biggest story in sports right now, which is amazing. But beyond that, let's get a little bit into the X's and O's here. We've seen um, star quarterback Shadur Sanders has made himself into one of the probably top five quarterbacks in the country. Um, NFL draft guru Mel Kuiper already has him moved up to third. Among quarterbacks on his draft, that would be presumably behind uh, Drake May from North Carolina, and of course, reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams. But mm-hmm. what I want to ask you about is what are a couple of things that you've seen schematically um, that Colorado is doing to have such success, um, especially offensively? Being that you're a receiver, mm-hmm. tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the stuff you're seeing them do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what, what I got playmakers, right? All the guys can kind of get the ball and make plays when they're in their hands. Um, and I think they, it, it all kind of stems back to the coaching too, right? The coach is kind of letting them kind of do their thing, be athletes, be players. Um, and they got a bunch of guys that believe. And again, I'm harping back on the belief. Like when you got people that can buy in and fight for one cause, they mm-hmm. going to move, they going to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they got, by. they got guys on offense that can spread the ball Mm. Um, all the receivers are making plays and it's they're a strong strong looking team and I think they're gonna be able to compete all year all year I, I, I know they'll be able to compete all year
0: yeah I think so as well um and I know that uh I can't remember his name but uh the offensive coordinator former Kent State head coach and I'm sure you know this well for whatever reason those teams in the MAC put up a lot of points and <laughs> they um do. right they do. and so he's there and um clearly he and Shadur are seeing eye to eye on things, they're communicating really well, they're playing well. Shadur is putting up big numbers, he does not have mm-hmm. an interception yet, he's got over 900 passing yards. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's got like 903 passing yards, six touchdowns, no picks. And those 903 passing yards are the fourth most in the first two games of a season in the last 20 years in the Pac-12, right. which is absolutely nuts. And right. um right yeah so um are you seeing anything uh maybe that the receivers are doing or in the play design that they're yeah, using well, to get free and make things happen
1: they're winning their matchups they're winning their matchups, um and that's what it comes down to right and if your playmakers can be theoretically their playmakers mm-hmm. you're gonna win you know so when they're sliding coverage over on top of travis they got other receivers that mm-hmm. are winning the one-on-one battles whether that's on a slant quick game where they're throwing a the quick out throwing mm-hmm. the deep ball taking the shot passes um, they're just a balanced offense, and they keep you on your on your heels as a defense, but as an offense, they're attacking. They're rolling.
0: What do you like about the way Shadir Sanders is is processing in terms of you know going through his reads and and his progressions? Yeah. What do you like yeah. about that? Because that's you know the thing that really stands out to me and that I love. Yeah. Um, you see, uh, oftentimes the uh, the black quarterback, it's slowing down now, okay. but oftentimes black quarterbacks are stereotyped because of. You know, the mobility and a lot of times they're just taught if the first read isn't there, take off, make something happen with athleticism. But that's not at all something that we see from Shadur Sanders. Um, What do you see from him when he's in the pocket and he's uh, going through making those clearly the right decisions?
1: Yeah, well, he's 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 going through his reads, which is good. He's he's comfortable. Mm hmm. And I think being comfortable is step one, you got to be able as a as a quarterback to, you know, command the huddle, break the huddle, mm. make sure everybody's in line. Once the ball is snapped, go through your progressions, go to one, go to two, if two is not there, make a decision. Can you go to three? Do you need to run? Mm-hmm. Um, and he does that very well. What he also does is before he runs, he makes the threat as if he's going to run and his mm. receivers jump into a scramble drill. That's really where you get your money. You get okay. your money when busted plays about to run. The DB is looking around like, "Oh shoot, where's my guy?" Mm-hmm. And boom, my dude ran north, and they throw the deep ball over the top okay. for a touchdown or get a lot of points. So, um just keeping the play alive—that that's tough as a defensive guy. Imagine defensive mm-hmm. defensive guy, you're playing DB, ball snap. You're thinking you got about six to seven seconds that you gotta mm-hmm. cover this person. Well, if the quarterback breaks the pocket and you get to eight seconds, ten seconds, now it's like, oh. It's, it's chaos and everyone mm-hmm. is usually not up to speed at that time so he does a great job of, of, of making plays happen when 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 the plays are there and and his receivers are, are getting open and doing what they can to help him
0: okay so let me ask you this as a wide receiver uh both uh division one uh well i guess fbs whatever they want to call now but fbs <laughs> right, and right. <laughs> professionally what were some of the routes and situations where you thrived were you a slot guy were you an over-the-top guy I, I know you uh, were a track guy in high school as well. What were some mm-hmm. of the situations mm-hmm. and the type of
1: routes where you really thrived? Personally, my, my favorite route is uh, the comeback route, right? Mm-hmm. You comeback, you're running about 15, 15, 18 to 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was beautiful for me because most guys are thinking I'm running a deep ball, right? They're thinking I'm going to run past you. They're thinking that I'm going to take off. So as soon as that DB starts to turn right around that 15, 16-yard mark, I'm dropping my hips and coming back. Right. And okay. at that time, once the ball has gone, you, you can't stop that. So um, I use speed to my advantage, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I like to being in the slot as well and having a mismatch against a linebacker who who can't mm-hmm. run with me, who doesn't know where I'm going, who isn't as shifty. Um, and that's where a good offensive coordinator comes into play, knowing where to put guys mm-hmm. in the right situations. Right. Um, and it just helps having multiple guys who can play in and out. We call them plug play guys who can play all sides of the offense, be inside, be outside to keep mm-hmm. the defense off balance and it keeps them honest. Um, so that, that's what I would, say. I would say. Comeback was probably my favorite, love the post route. Any time where I could just get out there and run, I knew mm-hmm. that if I had a quarterback that was gonna throw it out there, we, we gonna make it happen.
0: Okay, Well, um, and uh, before we get back to the college football, just a little more about you. Were there any receivers that um, you modeled your game after or did you kind of take different things from different guys? Uh,
1: yeah, I took a lot of a lot of things from different guys. Um, I liked. I was always the smaller receiver, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was in Indy, I was playing with T.Y. T.Y. Hilton was a great mm-hmm. guy. Um, really broke down the game a, a lot for me. Reggie Wayne was there, so it was nice to be with Reggie Wayne and just kind of talking ball with him as a as a veteran and just seeing how he how he does. But I've always liked returners. You know, part of returners, Devin Hester, mm-hmm. my all time favorite favorite okay. favorite player. Um, huge Miami hurricane fan. I was going to the University of Miami. I knew it as a kid. They were going to offer me. I was going to win the Heisman all that. <laughs> now, obviously it didn't happen, but Devin right. Hetzel was my guy. Um I loved I loved how he really kind of transitioned because I think people don't realize that he was a kind of a DB wide receiver kind of guy, but then mm-hmm. he started returning kicks and punts and that's where he made his bread. Okay. Um so I loved how he kind of pivoted and made moves and mm-hmm. um so he's he, you know, he's he's up there on my in my ranks got gotcha, you got gotcha. you
0: okay so let, let's take it back to uh college football so second 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 thing we want to talk about here and uh I know you watched this one with a close eye uh the Texas Alabama which was the, the the big time game of the night and uh that was very interesting to see I think yeah, uh, yeah. obviously we know that uh, Texas won I think 34 24 if I'm not mistaken and uh mm-hmm. yeah 34 24 and Now I'm not going to sit back here and try to tell you that it's done for Nick Saban. I think that would be ridiculous. He has accomplished way too much in this game. But what were some of your takeaways from Texas? Uh, For me, one of the biggest ones was uh, Texas looks physically prepared to go into the SEC. I think they matched up Mm -hmm. really well with Alabama, which has for the last 15 plus years been arguably the biggest bully in college football in terms of physicality. What were some Mm -hmm. of your takeaways uh, from this game?
1: Well, again, as a as a receiver, I'm I'm watching receivers closely, okay. um, and and the Texas wide receivers outplayed Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in my recent years, again of of watching football a little bit closer, um, Alabama I feel has struggled in the secondary um that's just kind of their thing sometimes but which is Texas, crazy because
0: Saban cut his teeth and made his bones as a DB coach so that's right that's really wild right, yeah
1: right and now I'm not saying that they're poor but I'm just saying mm-hmm. that that's usually the, the the weaker part of the Alabama core, right their whole line is usually huge their whole line is yeah. now bigger than I think some of the NFL guys yes. right so yeah. um Texas you know they, they they came out and played but and I think they have a chance to be um successful in the Mm -hmm. SEC now Mm -hmm. it's going to take time just like anything but they um have the ability to recruit players now saying hey we're in the SEC Mm -hmm. um and and they're showing that that they can compete now will they make it to the playoffs in the end you know we'll see um but for right now they're, they're competing well
0: got you so um talking receivers uh you've got uh A.D. Mitchell, who was pretty much the star of the national championship game for Georgia last year. They plucked him out of the portal. Uh, Xavier Worthy, who has been a problem for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Um, He's probably a second tier receiver coming out in this draft. Obviously, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. You got Roman Dunze at Washington. Two beasts right there. But Xavier Worthy is he's a big play waiting to happen if you got a quarterback with the arm talent to get it out there. so. Tell me uh, what you liked about the Quinn Ewers to his receiving core uh, combo in that game, because uh, in the second half of that game, man, he was uncorking that thing and really letting it go on the deep balls. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was uh, play design by Sark. Obviously, him being a former OC for Saban really knows how they would like to defend and what they do on mm-hmm. that side of the ball. But it looked mm-hmm. like uh, his guys were really getting free deep in a way that you very rarely see Alabama opponents get free. So um mm-hmm. what did you think about that connection between
1: yours and his guys down the field? Well well I think they found what was working um mm-hmm. and you know believe it or not the the deep ball works really well against Alabama you know Tennessee did it last year on a big game and uh, people yeah. were like shocked like well I, this, mm-hmm. these boys just run and track me by them." and mm-hmm. unfortunately that's kind of been the, the the weak point in Alabama but they were, Um, You know, throwing the deep ball and again, guys playing confidently, right? When Mm -hmm. you play confidently, you know, there's a lot more reaction than processing, if that makes sense. And um, I think that's what really separated them in that game. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Um, Yeah, I I got I was totally impressed. And I think uh, a lot of people were looking at that Texas game and saying if there's ever a time to kind of catch Alabama, that time is now. and. You know, right. will Texas truly be able to finally make that step up in competition and and beat one of the big boys? Um, but yeah, they I think they impressed a lot of people, obviously, not just through the air, but in the trenches with their ability to to, to match up with Alabama and kind of whip them right. on both sides right. of the ball, offensive and defensive right. lines. Right. Definitely, uh, definitely SEC ready. They've clearly built a team to go into that conference and compete.
1: Yeah, have and 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 you can it's easier to i won't say easier but they're recruiting for now the sec right mm-hmm, at first it mm-hmm. was kind of thought like okay hey we might go or just stay recruiting in texas but now they can use that as a staple like hey we're in the sec now we're competing against alabama you're going to be going against some of the guys that are going to be right. playing on sunday yep. so if you're trying to make it to the league we, we're just as confident and qualified as a team now
2: right um being
1: in this sec conference so there you it's going to be interesting
0: right right All right, so um, we'll we'll head over to the Big Ten here. We'll head over to your home, your stomping grounds. Um, So are we kind of starting to see Ohio State round a little bit into form now? Um, Obviously, they've started a little bit slow with uh, not being sure about who they were naming as the full-time starter at quarterback, but um, Mm -hmm. they've done that now. And uh, do do you think they're kind of rounding into form or maybe they haven't? really played a, a true opponent yet. Obviously, they have Notre Dame coming up next week on the 23rd. That's probably going to be a uh, big game. Not That's probably big game gonna be, right gonna, there. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be their biggest test to date um, this season. Sure. Uh, w- what are you thinking about the Buckeyes? How, how are they looking so far to you?
1: They look good. I mean, they're in a I don't think transitions are right word. I mean, it's still kind of early on in the season. People mm-hmm. are trying to get their identity, if you will um and it's a new team every year i mean i mm. think people and i can think about that from a from a locker room perspective right um, i don't remember which team i was but the head coach will come in and usually at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season he'd be like hey guys like it's never going to be like this again mm. and it makes sense but when you really really think about it it's like wow it's never going to be this exact same group of guys again um. So each year is a little bit different than the year before, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's always going to be um, some tweaking that's involved, always some adjusting that's involved, and um, it, it, it's going to take time, but Ohio State is going to come back to being who Ohio State has been. Powerful mm-hmm. team in the Big Ten, always competing or in the top rank for the Big Ten championship. I'm still pulling that Illinois is going to pull it out here in the near future, but, (laughs) um, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, those are the teams, those are Mm -hmm. the the staple teams, um, if you will, of the Big Ten.
0: So something I heard um, on another sports show, and I also think is a kind of interesting thought, is that because of the way Ohio State is consistently recruiting wide receivers, and they have such elite wide receiver rooms year in and year out, and obviously they get good, good quarterback play to go along with that, that they're turning more into a finesse team. And, you know, just by virtue of you're recruiting this wide receivers, you need to mm-hmm. get them the ball. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're throwing that thing all over the place and they're probably getting away from, you know, what they had a few years ago uh, with the Beanie Wells and the J.K. Dobbins yeah. and those yeah. guys of uh, being a physical Comparant. team that could yeah. also air it out. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? And and uh because obviously they're, their biggest uh, um, rival and opponent is Michigan. And that kind of plays mm-hmm. right into a team like Michigan's hands who can mm-hmm. be extremely physical and and punish these guys. And we've seen it the last two years. What are your thoughts on that, that kind of perspective about Ohio State and, and how they're playing football now?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, there's always room for change um, and doing it one way doesn't mean the only way it has to be done. Uh, and I think that that happens throughout the Big Ten. I mean, mm-hmm. you can think about, you know, Wisconsin used to be that big yeah. smash mouse running Absolutely. the ball team. But now they, you know, a little bit more finesse than what they used to be. Right. So mm-hmm. um, recruiting is a little bit different. The game is changing a little bit. I think the speed is um coming more to the big 10 if, if that makes sense or It's not always that smash mouth ball but right. you need to have a powerful running back in the big 10 especially once mm-hmm. you get in those later months getting yes. cold, getting snowy yes you can't you can't throw that ball like like it's still south florida warm it's a little bit different out there right um, so you've got to be able to to run the ball and break teams down so um it, it's going to be interesting to see um but i think i think where they're moving which is kind of away from that you know big back mentality mm-hmm. um it's cool i mean it's cool and again as a receiver i love, I, love <laughs> I was
0: just about to say it sounds like it's a little receiver bias coming out there.
1: yeah just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> right right
0: okay um so uh next point so we know that the sec consistently gets all the credit for being the best league in college football and um something i've kind of railed against for a long time as crazy as it sounds just looking at it year in and year out they're not always the conference that necessarily has let's say this they get a lot of um i think they're an extremely top heavy conference i don't think the bottom Mm -hmm. half of the sec is any better than the bottom half of most of the power five conferences but Mm -hmm. those teams get credit because they're sec you know what i mean and it's Mm -hmm. like when in doubt go sec now that said all these championships they've won over you know the past uh, two decades and the fact Mm -hmm. that what is it I want to say what what do we have Florida Alabama LSU now Georgia so you've Mm -hmm. got uh maybe I'm missing one but I think and Auburn so you've got five Mm -hmm. programs in that conference that have won championships I want to say over the last 20 years so that right there kind of it's hard to argue that it's not the best conference based on at the end of the day you know what do we do this for right coach Herman said hello You play to win the game, right? That's right. And that's that's what those guys are doing. So at the end of the day, there's that. But this season is really interesting. They're not playing so well on their um, early non-conference schedule. And Mm the Pac-12, oddly enough, in its final year of existence as we know it, has eight teams in the top 25. What do you Mm -hmm. think of that? And What's going Mm -hmm. on there?
1: Recruiting. Recruiting is different now think about it i mean you got the transfer portal opal yeah. so you open so you've got the ability to know be playing at the university of illinois this year and mm-hmm. then go play for the university of hawaii next year with right. no problems with right. no nothing mm-hmm. um so that's really really changing the landscape of college football i mean it's completely different from when you're watching games and they say oh this guy university is such and such transfer mm-hmm. we weren't seeing that you're we seeing right. that in the Professional Professionally, so I think mm-hmm. just the fact that players have the ability to kind of choose where they want to go when they want to go How they want to go mm-hmm. is changing the landscape of college football on top of um, Just the ability to recruit now to recruit bigger mm-hmm. with that with that ability and right um, it's it's I, I think I think it's awesome personally. Yeah um, Because the coaches have been able to kind of dip and dab when they wanted to yeah. leave, um, yeah. And players have kind of been stuck um and had to sit a year which would make guys kind of not wait and then because there's the i mean there's guys that i played with at illinois that mm. were thinking of transferring and they're like all right well if i transfer i gotta sit and then some people did transfer and they sit and went to another school and it's like mm. man these, these 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 guys are just as good or better than me and, and it could have played longer you know but um it was a different different system different time and, and then right. everything everything works out how it should so
0: right and so what do you think of the fact that and and this is odd for such a dominant conference defensive backs, running backs, defensive tackles and more recently uh, wide mm-hmm. receivers, but such a dominant conference in those positions. What is it about the SEC that doesn't particularly breed great quarterback play on the next level? Have, have you noticed that is mm, it an emphasis an in- thing? Is it a style of play thing? I, I think it's pretty interesting. Obviously, you that got a Matt Stafford or a Cam Newton, you know, you have a few guys, but. For the most part, the SEC doesn't really and to now, but for the most part, the SEC doesn't do it. Now you look that at the Pac-12. Pac-12 has like five elite quarterbacks in that conference, yeah. at least in college. Yeah. And yeah. guys that look like they'll translate well. Um, Michael Pennings yeah. Jr., Caleb Williams, Shader Sanders, Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Not so sure about him on the next level, but um, you get the point. You got freshman mm-hmm. Dante Moore at UCLA. I mean, there's some really good quarterbacks in that conference. Um, DJ Uyunglele transfer out from Clemson to Oregon State Mm -hmm. kind of what do you attribute that to is it just the way they recruit out there the the type of schemes they're running what what do you think it is I
1: I, I really don't know Um, (laughs) I think uh, I I don't know if there is a clear answer Um, Mm -hmm. I think just similar to how the world works you know everyone essentially at some point is going to get their time to shine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this might be that time you know right. for, for the for the last you know for the last years of this you know yeah. conference you know right. what, what a way for them to go out kind of thing bang um, go out with a bang yeah you know so i i i really don't know but I, i'm personally excited um i think again the transfer portal um is helping yeah. increase this ability um mm-hmm. because now you know, there's people that are transferring from all over the country, and right. that backup at USC that would be the next Caleb might now go somewhere else. Might go to SEC school. He might go to the position, and we don't know who that person is mm-hmm. until they're put in that position. You know, right. I think
0: that um, I think to your point about the transfer portal, I think it's really good for college football because with the SEC uh, winning so much, the sport has become very, very regional. And so Mm -hmm. like around the playoff time and late in the season, you don't, I mean, obviously the Northeast part of the country has never been a college football hotbed. We get that, but with Every year you'll generally have in a 14 playoff scenario, you'll often have two SEC teams in the playoff. And mm-hmm. you're, you're going to see more when it stretches out to a 12 team playoff. Obviously you'll mm-hmm. probably see in some years four SEC teams in there, which I'm sure mm-hmm. is what they wanted <laughs> because you know ESPN yeah. owns the SEC network. So that's good for them. Right. And they broadcast right, right. the college football playoff. But anyway, um, right. I, I do think that it's good because with more good teams all over the country, you get a more natural, uh, national interest in college mm-hmm. football. And I think that could only be better for the sport. Um, your thoughts. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that there's, I think everyone really loves college football. Now it's mm-hmm. also helping. That's getting overlooked is the power of social media. Uh, social media is really giving guys and fans an insight, look at kind of what kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I just remember, you know, going to practice and, and going to games, and people mm-hmm. were only seeing me if they physically were there, um, or if someone happened to be recording us at practice. Right now, there's a social media department strictly recording guys at practice, making Great comments, point. making things, making stuff to show mm-hmm. more about college football, to show guys' personalities, and especially right. with these NIL deals. Right, you are now more so a business than you've ever been before. That's true. Um, And I think that is just. Building to the hype because now you got kids that are in, in elementary school and middle school, like, man, I just gotta make it to college and Howard mm-hmm. might pay me out, you know? If I make yeah. it to the NFL, if I make it more, great, but guys are getting paid now. That's right. that's that's the thing. It's a little right. bit different. So um I think it I think it adds some freshness to college football. I do think the transfer portal and all this other stuff is gonna kinda take away long term um com- some of that tradition and yeah, team camaraderie mm-hmm. because now it's more of a business like you said know, yeah. i went to illinois i was there like man this is like high school times two mm-hmm. you know right this is these people we're together these are my boys it's gonna mm-hmm. be the same group of guys i'm gonna have for the next four years not hey i'm coming to illinois like wow we got a class of 20 all 20 of these guys could transfer next year and start somewhere else right without any problems right you know it's, it's a different it's a different type of game now so yeah. Um, but you know change is always good not always good but change is always <laughs> new yeah um, and, 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 and you got to embrace it yeah you got to embrace it so right right oh uh, yeah I'm to, excited to see
0: yeah yeah to your point about social media I, I actually I agree with you that that is very true because if you look at the NBA the NBA mm-hmm. is 1000% a social media league and that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things about it that is you know led to its level of success. I would say more so than the actual games in the competition is its social media influence. And I've always wondered why the NFL being the most popular sport doesn't make a more concerted effort to Mm -hmm. be more heavily involved in social media, because if Mm -hmm. they do that, I mean, they they Mm -hmm. already run, you know, for the most part, the sporting landscape in America. But If they right. make a concerted effort to really dominate the social media landscape, it's absolutely over for everybody mm-hmm. else. But, yeah, um, it's great for college football, and, and i love to see it as well.
1: Yeah, and I think people are starting to embrace that, right? Because you're starting mm-hmm. to see NFL teams kind of have a little personality on their social media account. Um, mm-hmm. But it is harder compared to the NBA because the NBA is only going to have, what, 11, 12, 15 guys on, mm-hmm. on a team, per se? Uh, 15, um, yeah. 15, but college football any other sport there's 11 on offense 11 on defense their backups Mm -hmm. special teams so like it's a bigger wave of people to be kind of strategically focused on so i think that um just the fact that social media is booming in general and that's Mm -hmm. that's the new thing that's what's keeping people interested that's what's keeping um viewers on on sports
0: yeah absolutely absolutely well, uh, Ryan, man, thanks again for uh joining us. Uh, before I Absolutely. let you go, um, any games you're really looking forward to uh this weekend?
1: Yeah, of course, you gotta watch Colorado. You know, that's yes. Yeah. you know, that's like our everybody's on mater at this point. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but there has been some chatter uh amongst the um Colorado coaches, which is great. Colorado State said something to Dion. Um mm-hmm. and Dion made a great point, in my opinion, um, kinda made a video about at practice, well, he's basically telling his team about what had happened. Um, and I like, De- I like Dion's perspective because he doesn't really talk about other people, right? they talking about what mm-hmm. we're doing, what we do, how we do it, what we do. Right. But the moment that you give us a reason to talk about y'all because y'all choosing to talk about us. We're going to go get you. Best you guys believe we're going <laughs> to put that pinball right on the, on the board. Yeah. And everything is about that. So... Mm-hmm um I'm excited to see how that goes and then there's mm-hmm. always a healthy competition you know right uh, I'm always down that Illinois we got Penn State this week gonna be tough. that's that's gonna be, um, tough gonna be a tough one it's gonna be a tough one it's gonna be tough one. my dad's a Penn State alum so he's going for them I forgot but, about that that's right um, yeah yeah uh, you know rooting, rooting for rooting for Illini so those are probably mm-hmm. my 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 biggest games but it's just <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah. it all I'm enjoying it all but those are the two that I'm, I'm looking at what what about yourself Yeah,
0: um, this kind of looks like, a, uh, in my estimation, like a a build-up weekend. There's some big games next weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. So, obviously, if you know me, and and obviously you do, and to my listeners and viewers, they know I'll be, obviously, watching uh, Notre Dame versus Central Michigan, which is basically our final tune-up before the big one against Ohio State uh, next weekend at Notre Dame Stadium. So, definitely looking forward to that one. But there don't seem to be any... uh, Major matches, I I may Mm -hmm. um, sit down uh, at the four o'clock game and watch that Ohio State, Western Kentucky, Um, Mm -hmm. Western Kentucky is an offense that can put some points on the board and Mm kind of looking to see how Ohio State deals with them defensively to kind of see, hey, what can Notre Dame do against them next week? And also is Western Kentucky going to be able to be physical with them at all? Because that's one of the one of the things Notre Dame likes to use as a calling card, being physical at the point of attack, great offensive mm-hmm. line. They like to call themselves O line U. Always mm-hmm. sending guys from up front to the league. And so will they be able to run against Ohio State, who you know always has talent on the defensive right. line. But um uh Washington and uh Miss uh, Michigan State kinda wanna see how Michigan yeah. State is gonna be able to handle things, especially in the wake of the whole Mel Tucker scandal. But um right. You right. know, still a decent team. And obviously, any chance you get to watch Roman Dunze and Michael Penix Jr. is obviously, yeah, it's probably going to be a fireworks show. So probably those three right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good games. Good games. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So anything else you wanted to uh, drop on us before I let you get out of here, man?
1: Nah, nothing, man. Just, hey, glad to glad to watch this next week's of football and see y'all next week.
0: yes sir yes sir can't wait to have you back next week man well you have a good one Ryan thanks for joining us and uh, again if you haven't already and you're here on YouTube please make sure you go ahead click that subscribe that like and that notification bell and share the pod with anybody you know that loves that sports talk and I'm out peace